man don't know shit. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I might not know shit, but I know enough. You might call me dumb, but I have a lot of fun. I might not know shit, but I know enough. It's a celebration, our 30th anniversary, 30th episode anniversary. Oh shit, I just nailed my elbow. <laughs> but yeah, I'm super excited. Um, a couple of years ago, came out in the 45s, went on tour with the Voodoo Glow Skulls, and we did all of Canada from one ocean to the other, and uh, you know, got to know each other real well and had a absolute great time, fantastic uh, people, and Today, I'm going to be sitting down with Eddie, Eddie C, Eddie Casillas. Ah, man, fantastic uh, guitar player. I think he's the founder of the group. I, I, I will ask because I'm not sure exactly how that story goes. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see him. So uh, yeah, underneath the uh, video here is the link, a uh, PayPal link. That's for uh, tips of 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar or more. That is the Be A Producer program. Any tip, no matter how big or small it is, uh, you become the producer of the next episode. It's DIY family style, that's how we keep things running here. And uh, that brings us to the producer of this episode is none other than Mr. Mike Gasseldorfer. Yes, of the last episode, what a guy. Love it, thanks brother. Uh, honestly, like thanks a lot, right? And uh, don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell thingy there and uh, let's do this, I can't wait to sit down. All right, go. My man, can you hear me? Yo. <laughs> how you doing brother? Hey man, man, what's up? Fuck, man, it's the middle of the winter, it's a pandemic, they have a curfew on at 8 o'clock, everything is shut down, you can't even go outside for a walk. I'm like a fucking rat in a cage. It's 8, it's 8 p.m. for you guys, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, it's crazy. Am I good? Am I good on volume? Am I good? Yeah, when, you sound I... great, brother. Cool. Uh, um, yeah, man, it's been crazy. I've been here pretty much the whole time. I've been here for the better part of, of the year, except for one weekend I took off for two and a half days to, uh, my girlfriend had a photo shoot up north. So we, we, we escaped like right when it was uh, kind of calm here. It was like, yeah. I mean, the num like, like it, I mean, there was that moment I would say like, I guess when it was hitting hard, like in New York and stuff here, it was kind of a little bit like, well, it's sketchy as fuck, but like we hadn't done anything. And like the case numbers were super low here. So it was like, we just, you know, like left with masks in the whole nine yards and, and drove up north uh, past San Francisco to do a photo shoot. And that was real quick around people that had, had already had it or right. that were like long, long had it and, and that were safe. And we came back and that's the only thing I've, I've really done, man. I just When you I, say uh, you're here, where, where exactly are you right now? I'm home in Riverside. Yes, Riverside. California. Yeah, about, a, uh, yep, about an hour southeast of L.A. I'm, I'm, I'm about 50 miles away from all right you know, and about yeah, I mean, about half hour from the from the beach in orange county okay yeah cool but like in california have they managed to keep things pretty much under control or has it gotten way out uh, we well i i keep tabs of course because it's sketchy as fuck and i've been paranoid because I, I had three family members pass away or well, four now which oh, shit. is still devastating it's almost i'm acting nonchalant about it because it's so hard to believe still like because i hadn't seen him in a while of course but mm -hmm. four fucking family members that are gone that are like, I mean, close. like related to COVID. Oh yeah. All, all COVID related. Oh one, shit, brother. I'm so sorry one, to hear that. Oh yeah, man. Thank you. Well, one, one super close to here and you know, like in the same County and uh, 
and my age. I mean, and so it's it's been gnarly to just to think about like, wow, I'm not going to see them again. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been out of control. I mean, with that, you know, um, uh, but um, for a while there, it was kind of calm, and you didn't hear much about it. Like during the spring, you know, it was kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a. Uh, I mean, it was a big deal, but I think it, it, people were sort of playing it safe, and you'd hear about the protests here at the beach down south from here. You know, there's always going to be that. So, but for the most part, people were paying attention. But then you, you know, you have the counties around us where they're unincorporated counties around us, so it's like it's Southern California, and you see, you know, maybe people see like like it's, it seems glamorous a little bit because because the beaches in LA and Hollywood, but mm-hmm. you get hill you get hillbilly shit like in Southern California close to here it, i mean it's all over the place so right I mean, right and then I mean, they're coming wanna, in to visit and fucking the shit up and yeah well there's protests going on and stuff and anti-mask stuff and trump stuff going on but m- most people like i guess that i know are just kind of chilling and like waiting for the shit to end for the year and just well, kind of watching it. and and just just kind of watching it you know kind of happen on the on, on 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 the news and then you you escape here and there like i did of course when it's safe but like dude it's been like I've been treated like I've been in like a like a like a zombie apocalypse, dude. I've just been <laughs> I've been paying attention, man, because it's been like I was safe for a minute when I went up north and I thought, thought I was cool. And then this second round, which um, to get back to what we were saying, though, I guess I guess it, it supposedly peaked here last week, this last week. Right. OK. Like it just peaked, which is I guess they they have a way of. I mean, we have no, I guess, with the stats and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it seems to be, it seems to be cool now, but uh, I mean, it seems to be going down now. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're but, still in the thick of shit. And eh? that's for sure, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in my County, I've, I've been watching the, you know, I mean, the numbers were scary and then they start to, to, to go down by like, like a hundred every day. Now they're going down. So it's like, okay. 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 So it seems to be really going down, which is like, okay, I'll just chill. As long as, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of cool at home. I mean, we'd be, we've, we've been making music and just kind of, you know, do what we're supposed to do when you stay home, I guess, you know? Well, that's it. Don't you have, you have a home studio there. I, I, I saw a video of you in your home studio. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been at it for a long time. This is, I, I, uh, actually, this would be my 21st year now. Wow. So I, yeah, I started in 2000, around the end of 99 to 2000, you know, with my first, like, like the first gear that I bought that I would say I set up with and like try to, you know, play stuff through and like learn. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been about 21 years now. This would be my 21st year, but I, I, I wasn't really. I mean, it's been more of a project studio. Like it, it's been like a pseudo business, like here and there. When I, when the band has had a like a bunch of downtime or, you know, that I. Um, well, it's all it's time most, management, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So now, yeah, so I've never really had had a chance to say it's a business and I'm gonna do ads and like really do it right, but. Uh, I've been doing bands and, and projects for that long, man. Just and just with the idea of getting better at doing our stuff. Well, well, that's it, because you record most of the voodoo stuff, right? No, uh, just just the last couple records we, we we've done here, the last three or four. Okay. Uh, do you do the mastering as well, or do you like uh, mix it there and then ship it off for mastering? We've we've always had it mastered somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We we started recording here. When we got on on Victory Records, um, that that was the first uh, that was the first kind of stuff that we did here. You know what I mean? Like the I guess is that, that like, the, like the Who is This Is and was that for Victory? No, that that's our first record, man. That's that's the first shit. That's 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 on Who Is This Is. Uh, I mean, that's right, on. Right. Uh, sorry, that's on Doctor Strange. 
which uh, is a is a label that's about to repress that that record again. We're about to do like a, re, oh, cool. a repress of that. Yeah, I mean that's so a bona fide that, classic, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's our first record. I, we, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where you know it was a it was a culmination of years of doing backyard parties and weeding out songs and you know <laughs> trying to learn how to write songs and. When we were yeah. on tour, we we blasted that album in the van so many times. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear what what the other, like what the other bands do in their van or in their bus or whatever. That, exactly. That tour, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't know. I hadn't talked to you that much. You know, we. I mean, you, it's that's the way it is. I mean, you do like a thing with a band. You like, I mean, you go on the road and then you don't see each other for years or something. Sometimes, <laughs> and, you, and you see each other and you like each other's fucking photos online. So it's kind of. And you say hi once in a while. <laughs> That's but, so real, right? <laughs> but but I never really had a chance to, to talk to you about it. But uh, yeah, man, that tour is like it's like a, you know close place to our heart because uh, that was the first tour with a, like the changing of the guard with a I mean with, with Ephraim, Ephraim. Yeah, his first tour, and we weren't sure if we were going to be a band. I mean, we didn't say stuff out loud to you guys because trying to have fun. I mean, but that's why, I'm, and, and I'm sure you guys noticed, but we were like on our best behavior. There was nobody, I mean, I know people snuck in drinks and we, and we weren't like that you can't drink in our band band, but we had just kind of been through the ringer the last couple of years. I mean, I mean, not, not to get into, you know, in the crazy details, but you know, we got, you know, we went, we, we went through the ringer with, I mean, with alcohol problems and just, just, mm -hmm. you know, like dysfunctionality, you know, so we had to uh, curb it just to say, Hey, Hey man, it's, it's business, man. And, and, and not, not to be like, well, it's business, it's business, because if I was, if I was a businessman, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be doing Voodoo Glow Skulls, man, for, you know, for 33 years, you know, but it's a, you know, you got it. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, a business of love, though. I mean, to, to come back to like, we were aware that you guys were having a transition moment here, you know what I mean? And kind of your work in here and, you know, picking it up. But it's so great to see and inspiring as well, because any band that stays together that long is going to have these moments, right? Oh, yeah. You know? dude, it, was just, it was just a weird thing because we, I mean, I think we were, we were playing it off good and we weren't really, that was a, but I mean, to get back to it, I mean, I, I, I mean, I have to thank you guys. I mean, and, and you guys will always be that first band that we did it with. I mean, that, that we did that first tour with, that was a, like a substantial tour, you know, like a yeah, yeah. weeks, I mean, like weeks long and it was in your country, which is rad because I mean, we've always had a, we've always really loved going there. So, um, which is Canada, by the way, for all you other people that are, you know, aren't, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that aren't, aren't paying attention. Um, but we've always had a great time going to Quebec since day one and, and going to, I mean, all the other provinces, you know, and uh, we, it's, it's still, it's one of those places that even though we've had our moments there, it kind of eluded us. We just didn't tour it enough and extensive enough. If you ask me it back, back in the heyday, I guess, like the heyday of the band, like, right, the, right. like, like the nineties era. So, um, which I hate to say, I mean, say that because this last, I was going to say years, your heyday is tomorrow, right? Well, I mean, the, I mean, the last couple of days, man, I mean, I mean, I mean, years have been uh, just as fun, man. I mean, I can't, I can't deny. I mean, we, we did that first tour with you guys and we weren't sure if we were going to be a band. It was a, it was a fulfill the commitments tour, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the Canada part was like an extension of that, you know? So we, we just kept it going because like, would you fucking stop? This is my shit. This is like, I mean, not, not to be my shit, but this is the, those songs were written like in a bedroom with 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 the guitars and bass, you know. Well, and it's your this... life at a certain point, man. I mean, yeah, you're, you're yeah. living your life, man. So, um, when our well, I mean, when our brother decided to leave, you know, it was 
a bit of a shock and uh, it wasn't supposed to happen the way it went down. It, 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 it was going to happen at all. So we were surprised and shocked and we had to make the decision whether we basically say, fuck you to our booking agent and the work he, he put into, uh, fuck you to our, our 30, well, at that point, our 29th or going on the 30th years of band. And we had a whole six months booked, you know what I mean? So we were like, and we, we got to put, put it to us kind of bluntly, which I kind of don't mind now. It's like, we had people that we do business with, like, like our booking agent and the business manager. And when people put it to you bluntly, like, well, you're going to just fuck off because one dude doesn't want to do it and is pissed off and is drinking too much or whatever's going on in his life. You know, we were far, far, far. I mean, we were kind of in a different state. So when he quit the band, we didn't really know what was going on with him at home personally at all, because that's four hours away from us. Right, right. You know, I mean, I mean, he was in Arizona, so we were here going. Uh, we practice every week with our drummer, and we, you know, we have our horn players close by on on standby. That's the way we've done our band for years, and we practice every week. And we were like, "What? We're gonna? We have to stop now?" So we got put kind of bluntly to us, and kind of thank God is that we we had a bunch of commitments, man. We had we had shows and festivals to do, and. That's and the we, best uh, way, though, right? To keep things rolling. I mean, it's like, to, well, you know, to have commitments ahead of you, to be able, you know, always looking yeah. forward like so, that. So that's, so, I mean, so that tour was a weird tour because we were like, part part of it was like something to prove and part of it was like, oh, do I, that's like a, is this like an apology tour? Like an apology to fans going, sorry, he fucking quit the band on us, but we started this shit. I write this music at, what, like, at, a, at the drop of a hat. This is what I do. And, uh, so it was a really weird thing to be on that tour going, putting your head down and trying to rock and going, you know, fuck motherfuckers. Fuck, if you don't like it, eat shit. We're just going to play. And, and then you guys were cool because you guys were just having a, you guys were just having a good fucking time. And it was rad to see. Because I was yeah, like, man. oh, yeah, this is what it's about. Yeah, man, fucking came on, having a good time, man. So we were like, yeah, this is, you know, I mean, we would have, we probably would have partied a lot more and got down a little bit more. I mean, to be fair to you guys, but. And we, we probably did here and there. I'm sure someone snuck off and did some shit. Well, dude, we had our fun for sure, but, man. <laughs> yeah, but but the band before the the lineup before this was was more on more of a good one. And part of the reason why we we couldn't function a lot of the time, we had I mean it's we had I mean you can't deny it's I mean some great moments. And and one one day we might get back to that some sort sort of original lineup thing yeah, one I, day. I, I I would I would never deny that because I'm not stupid, you know, to say that. Uh, mm-hmm. But for what we had to do, man, I, I can't apologize for like having to do like it was business as usual in a sense. We had to keep going to because we had other people that relied on us as well. And even for like, I mean, we've always been like an indie band, but man, we've always charged hard with it. And it's kind of like, fuck, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to I'm going to finish this next album and keep going. And and that's that that uh, that that first tour, though, was was like the catalyst. It was like, oh, we can do this like. We can do this, even if people consider it a, a whole new thing. I mean, we're going to play the old shit and we're just going to move on with what the songs I've written anyways, to be fair, you know. Well, that's and, it. And, and I mean, Ephraim got in there and he killed it, you know, like he, he brought that, that party and the energy because like I could tell everybody was like, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, you know, we're talking about a front man change here, you know, to, to oh, be straight up for not, those. It, it's not only that, it, people, I mean, most people know it, it's a family member. It's I, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, you don't, yeah. It's, you know, so that's like, a, I mean, don't you think we, we, we know? I know. It's like, 
that's a hard sell. I love fans. I'm a fan of fans, of course. And that's a hard motherfucking sell. And when people are used to somebody's face and their voice and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, you get put in that position. You don't plan on it. You know who in their right mind ever goes, ah, of the perfect career move would be would be to have the lead singer leave or quit right now or kick him kick him out right now. The guy who's right. been on, the guy who's done who's done it all with you the whole time. But mm -hmm. at some point it was like, well, he's acting like a stranger. He lives in a different state. And at some point, I mean, he, I mean, I mean, he, I guess even family, if they're acting like they're distant like that, you you can't reach them. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And at that point, we were like left hanging big time. We had to restructure our whole band. You know, right, yeah, so we, absolutely. so we, you know, so we, I mean, so we did, you know, and uh, which is something I, I've always done. If I, it's always been, been, been the core, the, the, the core four, you know, at, at first, you know, for the first four, like four years. And then mm -hmm. we, so we started to incorporate horns. And once, once, uh, once the, it got back down to just two of the OGs, then, you know, I mean, we're so used and used to this and once it worked with 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 Ephraim we we're like man let's have more fun than ever with it as a matter of fact because we've already been through all the other shit so now it's like hey this dude's cool and is like has a different attitude and is having a good time and it's like it's new to him so for us it's like let's just take care of these guys not just him I mean the horn players and, and absolutely the Steven too you know I mean We've always been that band. I, I've always just just wanted to stay busy and, and, and to keep it positive and, uh, in a sense, keep on keep on doing the, the I mean the same music we've always done. You know, um, that hasn't changed that much. You know, as far as that well, goes. Well, that's it because like you guys did come in. You know, with this, I, I think it was about ninety nine. Who is this? Is the first one, oh, right? No, man, it's actually ninety three. Ninety three, right, right, yeah. right, right. I mean. And you guys came with this sound that nobody else had a sound like that. Like, and, and that's one of the big things I want to really get at. How did this sound come together? Like what um, kind of influences kind of brought this thing together? Because I mean, it's original. As soon as anybody hears the Voodoo Glow Skulls and may have heard them once before, they, they know it. Like, even if they never heard the song, that's you guys. Yeah, and that's I mean, cool. it, it just ended up being a mix, I think, of what, what we grew up on. I mean, like, like, like most bands, you know, we, we uh, our first shit was was oldies. The first stuff we liked was like the coasters and like you know. I mean, that's why we do Charlie Brown. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, we one of our first uh, the first record that like made like an impact was a uh, was a vinyl comp comp that used to be able to get like at thrifties, like in the vinyl right, section, right. or I think we either bought it at thrifties or at Kmart, and it was a um, a vinyl compilation called uh, Funny Bone Favorites, and. And ha it had a bunch of random oldies that were silly songs. Were they and, all forty uh, fives in a box? I they probably did did that too. I'm sure that 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 was a TV box set, or they had them there. You know, like yeah, because yeah, I had one of those. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we it had it had a bunch of like those kind of campy like fifties cool you know those cool songs, mm -hmm. um, which were the first rock and roll era songs, which are really badass groups if you dig deeper than them being like like a silly compilation of songs that you know those bands were. I mean, those are classic bands. So the first stuff that really grabbed me was like, or us was like the coasters and like those bands of like uh, from the fifties that had like a lot of like, kind of like, like aspects of like, like kind of like, like vaudeville. And yeah, they absolutely. Had, and they had horns and they had kind of had like almost like kind of like uh, soundtrack vibes to them. Like kind of like a cartoony, you know? And, uh, mm -hmm. and that makes me think of Fishbone now. 
which was like another big thing is we went from we went from being into oldies and then getting into heavy metal and, and all the stuff in the 70s and 80s like all, i mean all the classic rock stuff um my uh my older brother frank who's who's four years older than me he he brought a, a lot of the first records home of course from my like high school era so he brought home like from the first iron maiden albums of course to the i mean the first uh the first acdc stuff to the scorpions I mean, Hammond. I mean the, I mean the new wave of British heavy metal is like, that's probably like I don't even know how much of that is is us, but that's a lot of Voodoo Glow Skulls. We may not sound like a metal band to people or like a new wave of Brit, but we play that way, and it comes out that way because ninety eight percent of what we have always listened to have always been. I always go back to Iron Maiden. Yeah, man. Uh, I was, I was, See, I, I know this because we talked about this on tour, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, because I, I mean, because I know you, and I know what you're. I mean, I, already, I mean, I already had a sense of what you liked in you, but uh, yeah, uh, that's my shit. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm 49 years old, man. That's, that's my era. I grew up on Headbangers Ball and everything before that and everything after that. So, um, I, so we, we've always, we're always thinking that. I mean, even though we, we ended up being and more of a fusion ska punk, you know, like hardcore, like sometimes metal-ish hardcore band. Mm -hmm. That all comes from mostly just just those influences and they're they're basically the the oldie stuff and then the heavy metal stuff and all the classic rock stuff. I that mean, that really makes sense. I, I can hear it now that you say it that way, you know, whether it's the drifters or the coasters or one of these fifties bands, you know. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I hear that influence in your metal ska. And that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I mean, we always try to make it kind of like a fun, fun, like a band, you know. And and then not that we always wanted it to be like a like a like like a fun party band, the way those bands sound. And then, but then, at the same time, uh, the whole mod thing was going on, mods mm. and ska. Yeah, and that that was like nineteen like nineteen seventy nine, like eighty three or something like that. Like the two tone thing was influencing my older brother, who was bringing it home to us. So he had like a Vespa and he was wearing like a parka with the checkers. And I was probably like 13 and just playing those records at home and absorbing that stuff with my younger brother, George, who's, you know, he plays bass, of course. And he, he's, he's too younger, you know, he, he's two, year, two years younger. So we were just absorbing it and, and learning the instruments that whole time he was bringing those records home. We were starting to pick up the little bass that was there and, I had like a little Schaefer and Sons guitar, like a cheap, like kind of like Strat copy. So we Cut were, right on. so we were trying to learn all that stuff, you know, at first, just, you know, and, um, but yeah, we, we, we were into that stuff. And then, yeah, we got into all the whole like British movement, like the, I mean, the specials, the selector. I mean, those are, those are. Do you remember all those, the 80s videos from Madness? I always, uh, I always remember those videos, man. <laughs> once, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, the One Step Beyond video, like those images, first seen those images of like England. Yeah, yeah. and they all I look mean, like prospectors and doing the line uh, dancing and all that. <laughs> oh, when they're doing the, the, and it has like, this, like, like the skanking, like, like the, the skinhead, ska guy and all that stuff. Yeah. Dude, that's, that stuff left, left a huge impact. So we were like absorbing like those images of, of, of the specials and the ska and the two-tone movement, all that stuff. And at the same time, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, bro, and, and Scorpions, <laughs> uh, Scorpions Blackout. Those, yeah, are yeah. Big, those are like big deal. Like, I mean, those are Bible records. Those are like, I, we, I just revisit those. Like, 
Yeah. Well, I, I totally like that that mix. Quite, and quite I, I, I wonder, I think more and more like uh, the, the energetic ska bands re really kind of zoned in on some of that metal energy and putting it into the ska. I think that's a real thing because like, you know, there's a big difference between Tuesday night music and Saturday night music, you know what I mean? And that shows mm. it's definitely fun when you have a hyped up crowd and they're having a good time. So I think bringing oh, yeah. that energy, it just makes sense, you know what I mean? Like we had a reggae song called Got Me Moving that was totally based off of running free yeah Funny. see that that's that's <laughs> cool shit see that's the kind of stuff that we would do and and uh yeah like that's the I like that way way of thinking that's a that's our shit man and you know and uh we uh we got into that stuff and then we've always at the, and at the same time you have to think see i mean this whole world of music was going on with like i mean with mtv so like i, I liked all the old rap stuff all the first hip-hop stuff because uh we were influenced by like DJs and stuff like that because those backyard parties in Southern California, that was a thing. So right, be, right. that I makes mean, sense. I mean, there was DJ crews that would do these parties, you know, like on the weekends at night, you know, because the weather's nice the whole time. And there would be like these backyard parties with people dancing. And so we were influenced by that too. That that's where the whole, like the, um, like the Dr. Dre school of like hip hop came from is like DJs and like dance music and like hip hop DJs first came from that. And we were influenced by that because we were 13 and 14. And that's the kind of stuff that was going on like at the backyard parties out here too. And, and that's the sponge yeah. ages, right? Like no matter what's around you, you're soaking yeah. it all in, man, oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, man. So I, I love all that stuff. And then and then all the changes of to, to the music that you loved anyways, because if you love Maiden, then of course, after that came all like, you know, like Slayer and everything else of the world, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, so I, 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 I gravitate towards that stuff because I can't help it. That's so, you know what I mean? But, um, but then again, I mean, when I grew up a little bit more and hit like, you know, 17, 18, 19, the big LA bands were, you know, those, I mean, there was a trifecta. I mean, there was a little bit more than that, but the trifecta was uh, Fishbone, Jane's Addiction and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And yeah, I, I, and I can't help that be my era, man. You know, I mean, for my age group and for being, you know, I mean, super close to LA. Like, I'm well, you I'm, were born in '71, so it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's I, I know that because I'm 49 too. <laughs> yeah, see, so I mean, so you totally get it. So we were, so I, I was like with with the Hollywood scene in my own backyard all the way through my life. I mean, from the first time being like the heavy metal scene. So mm -hmm. when Motley Crue was coming up, and and Van Halen and the crew, and and the US Festival happened. That was all in my own backyard here. Like, you know, also, wow. so the hair, like the whole glam rock scene was going on there. And I, I, I was getting a taste of all that because I lived an hour away. So I was hearing about Guns N' Roses when I was 14 and just like a little bit too young to go to the shows at the clubs. But, you know, I know there was kids that were getting to sneak out and do that shit. But I was like, dude, Guns N' Roses is an hour away. You know what I mean? So I was, and I'm sure it was you know, a lot easier sneaking into the outside festival shows than the inside concerts, right? <laughs> yeah, and we went, we saw a lot of the, we went to a lot of the shows that, to me, are the classic shows. It's like, it's like some hippies or somebody saying they were at the, at the filming of Woodstock when they, you know, that, at the Woodstock concert or movie. I was at the show when they filmed uh, uh, the Iron Maiden, like, you know, like Live After Death. Live yeah. After Death, right? That's yeah. right. That was in LA. I forgot yeah. about that. That was at the Long Beach Arena. I, I was there with, with, with my younger brother, George, and our friend, Robbie. We were, we, we were dropped off there by our parents, and I was at one of the shows there, you know, with, uh, with Twisted Sister as an opener, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <That's> and funny. <laughs> and um, Stay Hungry was a huge album at the time. So they were like, they had a single... 
and Iron Maiden didn't, and they were still like the opening band. That that, that that's how big Maiden was. Well, that's yeah. it. They're, they weren't they the only band that like became one of the biggest live bands in the world with no radio support whatsoever, right? Oh yeah, that's that, that that's what's badass about that. It's like a forever like a like a rad, uh, um, you know, like a uh, like like a biggest DIY secret, in, like like in a way, you know, they've always Absolutely. kept it real. You know what I mean? And they've I mean they've had radio play, I'm sure, on, on, mm-hmm. on plenty of stations. Yeah. I mean, you can hear number of the beats on like, you know, the stations here like once in a while or something, but not like A, B, or C, you know, you can name bands, you know, it's like not the same thing as a radio band like Corn or Event Sevenfold. Or, yeah, I mean, you name bands. I, I, I don't have anything against those bands. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, but I find you, there, you, there's something so real about somebody that, you know how I was saying, you know, in those, eight, you know, when you're 13, whatever, you're a sponge, but there's something so real about this era of music as well because like you know the whole melting pot thing and you know then there's talk what is cultural appropriation what isn't and all this kind of thing but as a kid you you just soak up what's around you and these were you know the times when they actually had music on the video shows and stuff like that and like you know whether it's the power hour or the funkadelic hour or whatever it is but you're taking it all in equally right and oh yeah i mean blue glow skulls seem like the perfect like response to all that or living all that you know yeah, I mean, we just kind of soaked the whole thing in, like, and 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 didn't really discriminate. I mean, we we got kind of a lesson in scene, scene, scenism, scenesterism, like whatever you call it, mm-hmm. real quick, real quick, because we uh, our some of our first like our like our first road road trips, we 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 would get little like notes on our van, or like somebody would like vandalize our, our like a, like 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 one time I, I believe it was in like a like in Tucson, Arizona. One of our first, like, like our, our first ventures out right after Who Is This Is was out or about to be out. So we were kind of getting some hype and like there was either a little bit of buzz. I mean, we could tell we were doing all right and starting to kind of sell out shows more. And like we were get, getting to be more of a thing where we could travel out and pack out shows. And we did a Tucson show with a bunch of like a more trad ska type bands. Uh-huh. And, and this is probably like 92 or something. And uh, we played our show. You know, it was probably like the like the who is it says set like that 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 whole era and uh we got a note on on our van and a bunch of lipstick or something written all over our white our white ford ford van and it was like you're ruining the ska scene or something like that and what you're doing what you're doing is is a travesty to the two-tone movement or or, or, or trad movement or whatever yes. and we were just like shit we were just like I don't know. We, we, we were so into what we did and so into those bands that we were influenced by getting back to the, the like, tri, like the trifecta of LA music. We, mm-hmm. we, we looked, I mean, we, we were in the fishbone and like Jane's addiction and like the red hot chili peppers who kind of mixed it up. And right. we took a, we, we took cues from them more than like one scene, even though that was a scene, I guess they kind of had, were a scene that had their own shit going on each band. We, we kind of gravitated towards that. If you ask me, at least that's the way I, I saw it. It's like, look at Fishbone, man, with fucking crazy Angelo doing backflips and playing sax, <laughs> and then, I mean, fucking Kendall playing like you know heavy riffs, and then you know fucking Norwood. It's all different, you know, with crunchy guitars and then the skanky shit going on. So I took never forget him live. He got he got on stage in the middle of a slightly stupid set. I think it was. I saw, and he just got makes like put your right hand in the air, put your left hand in your underwear, baby, shake your ass. He's going nuts and shit. He's uh, a good old time. I love uh, it, dude. Uh, <laughs> that, see, so I mean, so it seems like most people that that are around him would have like an Angelo story where he 
did that. He either joined somebody on stage or stole a show or did something. I, <laughs> I, I, I have a pretty good, good one is we, we had just done a tour with the mighty boss tones, which is our, the first band that, that really t- took us out, like on a real, like a real tour where we like got to see, see a band, like in a tour bus that was like selling out like, like clubs and theaters. That was our first, like, like taste of like, Oh, this is what a real band, like, like, this is like what you aspire to be at least at this level, you know? Yeah. So we could, I mean, cause we were kind of bubble, you know, I mean, we were like start starting to bubble under a little bit and we were about to sign to Epitaph Records and we did, a, we did our, our first, like, like our first real tour was with those guys where we stayed like real tour, like I said, where we saw like the real deal, like a yeah. band with that, a band with a real itinerary playing like all these crazy <laughs> shows. And so we did a tour with them and we, we get back and that, that same year they were, they were on Lollapalooza. So when they came to Southern California, we went to see them as like just guests, just to go hang out. So yeah, we're man. back. So we're backstage at the local amphitheater, and they're playing with like Hole and like Cypress Hill, giant show in front of like you know, like twenty thousand people or something. And uh, Angelo shows up, and just watch. Just I mean, backstage, in, like in the little backstage trailer, they're like giving them like the like the cues, like, hey man. So during this song, you're you're gonna come up and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. And we were just a fly. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was a fly, like a fly on the wall, just kind of watching the whole thing. And they're like, kind of telling them, now you're gonna come out during this part and just do this. And you're gonna have this microphone or whatever. And he just proceeds to come out. We watch him for the side of the stage. Just comes out and you know, fucking somersaults onto the stage or something. You know, with a baritone sax and just bounces it. all over the stage. And it's like he was a lead singer now. It was awesome. It, it was amazing. <laughs> It was amazing to see it, though, and you know, those are that, great magic moments, man. I love it. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. And a, a giant place like that, you know, like a, in I mean, so close to home too. Um, but yeah, that that band was was a big deal. That that's pretty much. I mean, them 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 and and the two tone movement as well, like the whole two tone era, mm-hmm. are why are why we why we would even touch anything. Sky. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's that, why that we, sounds fair. That I mean that that's why we do it. I mean, I, other, I mean other stuff. Came, I mean, I I got into like trad Scott a little bit more like, after I learned more about it. You know, which which wasn't that late or anything. I you know yeah. for cred for cred, I kind of knew what was going on. But <laughs> but but what grabbed us was that era because that's what we heard. Man, was the was the two tone era. I mean that that specials album. If there was as many specials album as there was Maiden albums. You bet your ass I'd be more of a fanatic, but it's just, it, but you have to be fanatic over that one album or one and a half or two albums or whatever they got. And then plus the new shit. I love the new album. The new album. It's great. Dude, dude, I love the new album. I blast that shit like the classic one. So, I mean, to be fair to them, you know, there's some I shit. love the way they handled the BLM. I thought that was oh, fucking priceless. Oh, dude, that's my favorite shit. I, I bumped that record still. I, I just haven't played it in a while because I played it that whole year. Where I was like, yeah. dude, I played it, I played it, and then you know, you you relive stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play this for six months again, you know. But um, I'm often like that. I'll zone in on a couple albums for a period of time, then zone in on another, you know. And sometimes come but, back. <laughs> but 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 we sound like like we the way we do. If, if, I guess we're, if we're getting back to the sound of the band or anything like that, it's because mm-hmm. of that shit, man. Is because if, if we had to do any this the ska part of it and the horn section part of it is all because of Fishbone, and you know. And then the and the ska of of, of the two tone movement, you know, which yeah. is isn't so horn heavy as is Fishbone, but I mean Fishbone was was the shit to see and the band blowing up and the the, the excitement here besides Guns N' Roses and besides Jane's Addiction and like and like the Chili Peppers. So you could well, go it see offered those bands. a whole other scene, right? 
Yeah, and then on top of that, all the punk rock going on. You can't, I can't, uh, I have to give it up to all that. That's why, you know, we're very much a punk rock band because the first stuff we heard was like the Descendants. You know, that's the first stuff we heard mm -hmm. and they're, they're from close by too, you know what I mean? So we, we heard that stuff. I mean, Black Flag, you know, all the, the early Epitaph stuff, you know, was, was a big deal. You know, I went to all those shows, man. I saw some classic moments. I, I saw Bad Religion in, in Tijuana in, in Mexico the night that Sam Kinison died. Oh, all right. You're yeah. going to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Right. That, that, that was crazy. But, uh, that was, that was, I believe the against the grain tour, if I'm not mistaken, but hey, um, yeah. Question for you. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. All right. Another yeah, you, you guys seem to have some kind of relationship. They're on your albums. There's all kinds of snippets. I see the love and I, I smell the yeah. air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. This is like, this, uh, this would probably be like, like, like the longest it's, it's ever taken for me to see all of our influences and what we like, because that's the next thing I was going to say is uh, is stand up comedy. At that same time, when we got got our first records and our our first, I mean, the first things you you hear, you know, uh, somehow I guess through my older brother and his friends, we we were introduced to like stuff we shouldn't be listening to, like Richard Pryor albums, like on vinyl. Yeah, man. And I was a little kid. I was like 10, 11, 12. And we were listening to like Richard Pryor, you know. Yeah, wasn't and, that with uh, the monkey dick in the ear there? I remember oh, that. Exactly. That that stuff is like embedded in, into my brain, like like back in black and like number of the beast and like too much too young or whatever. That's <laughs> and Eddie that's Murphy. Like, exactly. That that's next. That's that's the same. And he came out like in '82. That's my shit too. So. We were big, big in the stand-up comedy. And we might, I mean, we probably come across is like the opposite. I, I've seen stuff online, you know, to, like I've seen everything about our band, like from the band, we're mean or we're not sociable or we're the nicest guys in the world. I don't know. I don't kind of don't I care. I think you're you funny know? as shit. I love it. <laughs> but but I, I, I've heard it all. Oh, no, there was some there was some Twitter thing going around. We get tagged, tagged by assholes once in a while and things. It was like, the meanest bands in punk and the, our band was in there somewhere. And I was like, ah, fuck, you know, I was like, eat shit. I was like, yeah, fucking pussy. Like, come on. <laughs> like that, that kind of stuff is like, makes me laugh. But um, what was the point, man? We were, we were to get back yeah, to we were just talking about Eric, but, but yeah, no, Cheech and Chong, because like, yeah. there's a bunch of snippets oh, yeah, on the yeah. albums, right? Oh, yeah, How the, did this all come about? Okay. Well, but uh, get, get, get back to my point, point though, is we're very much influenced by that. So that's why the little samples and, and uh, you know you can't. We've had little skits on our records and, and little things, because and and some of our lyrics have been funny. If you ask me, that they're meant to be funny. I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, Fat Randy. There's a lot of songs that that are funny. That no matter what, if you know, I mean, if you have somewhat somewhat of a sense of humor and if you dig deeper, I mean, they, they might be a little a little sophomoric, because you know, I mean, there's no rocket scientists. We we're just you know. Just trying to have a good time and everybody did did their own thing and everyone has their own levels of education and and everyone has their own thing in life but that band was meant to have fun and we 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 dig into social politics and you could tell of course if mm -hmm. you pay attention you know but we weren't really trying to be too preachy or anything like 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 that you know what i mean we're we're mostly about a good time or at least trying to convey something more serious with a good time kind of sounding band where whether it might have a heavy breakdown here and there you know, you, you hear it with the horns and, you know, we're trying to have a good time with it and to splash around some cool 
the cool things that we like about certain like styles of music. You know? Right, right. We we got I I love hate breed and band, like old, old school hardcore too. So we like to incorporate you know, like a hardcore breakdown during the fun ska song or during. That's why you're the band Geek Mafia. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that that whole thing. But um, but to get back to the Cheat and Chong thing, yeah, we that was a big deal to us, and we were like, no one's done this, so let's do like what punk rock bands do and like put samples of stuff we like, like. You know how bands had like samples of Reagan or something or samples yeah. of, a of a speech or we were like, can we just put like, can we call the album this and just have them it, do the name of our album first? You know, that's kind of like, you know, so we, we, yeah. we had a good time with with uh, with film samples and stuff like that. And uh, I love that when it's incorporated into an album. I really do. It kind of lets it breathe sometimes between songs kind of, you know, yeah, which, for a minute, you, then get into the next you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which to get back. To that too is that you can't really get away with it so much anymore because of sampling era and because of getting sued or possibly getting sued. So we actually got a cease and desist. Oh really? From, uh, for the Feed Me album though. So so for the for the Shoot the Moon sample. Yeah. At, at the beginning of of the first Epitaph album, there's a a Cheech and Chong uh, like that's what that's what starts the record and the uh, the record label got a cease and desist I believe from the movie company. Uh, it, like it must have been about 15 years ago now but uh yeah so they had to take 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 the sample off of that so if you happen to have the old i'm CD, sure that was not cheech and chong i'm sure that was not oh no no i'm not sure <laughs> I, I i i believe it was i was actually like a letter from universal or from mm -hmm. warner brothers or whoever owns it if i remember right i remember seeing like the email we got like tagged in an email back in the day or something but um yeah i mean if you happen to have like a cd version or a vinyl version of that you then it's you know then then you have the version with a sample on it you know? <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah those laws that changed everything right but oh, yeah. did you did you ever meet those guys no um, no i mean we i'm sure i could have gotten close and tried to but uh no nah, man I, I actually haven't i haven't i haven't tried I I, yeah. I I don't know how they would take that if they would even be like oh you use our shit for for your your shitty punk rock band or something. <laughs> i don't know what they would think <laughs> or or oh, they might be real, real cool, but um, I, because I, I know, think Ephraim was on a podcast with uh, Tommy, Chong. Tommy Chung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was wondering. I, so I thought that's oh, a good point, and I, yeah. I forgot about that. And I don't. Ephraim probably, probably escaped his escaped him because unless we would have brought it up, which I I didn't bring it up to him. But <laughs> right. he, he he didn't play on that record though, so maybe that's why he wouldn't have thought, mm -hmm. thought about it. But it would have been cool for him to go. Hey, have you ever heard this before? You know, just <laughs> right. to. to just, just to fuck with them when he's high. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, they, uh, they're, I mean, they're a big influence. I mean, being like, you know, like Latin based kind of comedy too. We, we grew up on that. We saw those movies and uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, I freaking that, love that, it. That's, that goes, that them and, uh, and Richard Pryor and like Gilda Radner, we had all, all these eight track tapes and we had these yeah. certain ones that you could buy like at Kmart or wherever you could buy it by eight tracks then because it was a yeah. comedy section and we had like richard pryor i mean we had multiple richard pryor like tapes you know, like little eight track tapes uh we had a gilda radner one which is great um we had like an acdc one and like a few of those like rock ones and stuff like that <laughs> and we also had like a robin williams one i think so so we were always into old robin into williams was amazing oh man Absolutely we were all about amazing. it so, oh, yeah. so, that, so that was a big deal so that's like what do you get when you have a a little a little mix, mismatch punk rock metal ska band and 
you also love love stand-up comedy is try to whatever you can incorporate something into the either the lyrics like in your own way you think is funny whether people think it's funny or not it's fine but um even like with the titles like human pinata we have certain little things that we throw in there so we're like well that's a funny title you know that's yeah, man. you know so it must have been hard to classify like you know how like record labels you know they want to get the album into the record store and where do you put it you know do you put it in hardcore do you put it in heavy metal do you put it in ska or alternative that must have been like yeah. the uh the jungle yeah i mean them. <laughs> yeah we were mostly in, in in the punk section because of epitaph and and because of dr strange so it's, it's mostly the label association which which i get you know yeah of course you know which is uh I mean, I was proud to be on, on, on those labels at each time when we were there. It made sense, you know? Mm-hmm. We, we were on the golden era of Epitaph, man, when it was like, it felt like, like punk rock Motown to be on, on there like in, like, like in 95. It was a dream. You know, it was like probably the best time to be on, be on a label of that type at that time, you know? So we, yeah. uh, so we took full advantage of it and got to reap all, 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 I mean, all the benefits up until now. I mean, thank, mm-hmm. I mean thankfully. So, uh, I, I don't take that for granted, man. You know, we were lucky to to be associated at the right time. They actually saw something in us, which was was actually the Who Is This album played played a big part. Is uh, they it, uh somehow Brett, the owner, got wind of Who Is This Is, you know, because it was getting played like on rotation by the employees in the office. From I mean, from what 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 we heard, and yeah. uh, so he caught wind of it and was like, "Who's this band you're playing?" They still showed him the CD and. He called our record store. We used to own a little record store. I used to run a little, like a little punk rock shop with my older brother. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we we used to have a little record store uh, called uh, Cheap Guy Music. I love all, it. <laughs> which 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 is also the 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 name of the song on that album. Um, so we had a little store, and uh, he 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 called our record store one day. He's like, "This is Brett from Epitaph Records. You know, the guitar player of Bad Religion calling your store when you're." selling their records every day you know <laughs> that's why you so, must just been like <laughs> oh yeah that that i mean that was the golden era you know for that stuff so he calls the store and asks if this is where the blue glow skulls are and we're like yeah this is us and wanted to sign the band and it was like we we had been talking to we had been like been talking to two or three major labels at the time and we actually even took some we actually took took some lunches we took some meetings mm, um, free food Exactly. So we we had a we we had a meeting with uh I mean I could break it down down to you because it wasn't that many it wasn't like a <laughs> it wasn't like a Green Day bidding war or anything but it was a uh, you know we had we had some labels for a Scott punk band who's like playing backyards it, it, you know I mean from Riverside which any is kinda, any attention is get attention at well, that point you know well I, especially back then we were from like what the people kind of talk shit about from if you're from LA and you're from Orange County and maybe even from San Diego of course. They talk shit about Riverside County, like we're the armpit in Hicks and stuff like that. But now, 20 fucking years later or more, this is where the hipsters are because of Coachella and, right. and, because, of, and, and because of downtown Riverside. So now, now I think, I mean, we've always been cool here, but it, they've always, you know, talked shit about us over there. So it's, it's been kind of funny. But um, to get back to, you know, yeah, yeah what, what was the point, man? I was talking shit. I got caught up. I, I, I love it. That's what we do around here. We just talk shit. But I'm going to change subjects. How about this? Huh. I'm a guitar player, you're a guitar player, and you got some cool guitars. And I'm trying to remember what they were called. I think they were Dream something guitars. Dream Dream Studios. Yeah. Dream Studios. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I have a I have a dream a, a dream studio. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm staring right at it. It's right behind my phone. But uh, I have a uh, 
Yeah, man. I've I've had like a I guess I guess you'd call it like an endorsement. You know, like I have a I have a a guy who who started a company who started with just just a couple artists and he's he's trying to build his name and his company and his rep. Uh, so he started with with me as one of, as, as one of the first guitarists. Uh, you know that he builds guitars for. Yeah, because you have a few I, of them, right? Yeah, man, I'm I'm flooded with with rad guitars that are all like different <laughs> different styles. Whatever you want, my friend. I have all the guitars. I love it. I love it. I love uh, it. Well, I, have, I, I, I remember it. you let me touch the. Uh, right, I I played one of your guitars on that tour uh, one day, and the feel of those were great, man. It was probably like, that's checker, a good. It was probably yeah, the exactly. Board one. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that's a one off one that he just made me, just like a. I don't know what the the shape is. Uh. What would that shape be? It's it's sort of like a offshoot of a telly of not of like a yeah, kind like, of a modern C kind of, thing going on there. It's, it's kind of like a warp warp telly, you know, type of thing or like a Mustang almost shape or something. I don't, I don't I'm not good with the shape names or what. It's, it's kind of like it. a it's kind of like a warp telly vibe, which I always kind of like those shapes. I'm a big dude, so I need like a, a bigger warped kind of shape like that or bigger rounded shape where works works for my height. So uh so he built me that. And I've been playing that one for about two years straight almost. I, I've I love that thing. And uh, I have like different kind of like, I have, I have different various shredding tools, man. I have a, <laughs> I, have a I got like a Gretz kind of style, you know, like a, like a, like a hollow body. With oh, like do you? A, like a I, I love them. Yeah, yeah. I have that. I have that. With T90s or what kind of pickups do you have in that? Uh, they are, they're all Seymour Duncans. Okay. And they're yeah. all, they're all various models. Like, like for the shredder guitars, I have like the active, like, like the active blackouts. And then, uh, yeah. I have like the Seymour Duncan, I think like the JBs or something like that. Um, they're all, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're all different. I have like some that are made kind of, kind of like more like for shredding with that kind of neck, neck, neck and style. Mm -hmm. and, like uh, a thinner neck. Exactly. With like Floyd roses and stuff like that. Right. Right. Uh, and then I have, uh, like I said, like a hollow body one. I got more of like a strat style one. And then I, and then he just sent me like a, an off, a, I think it was a one, like a one off of like a, um, like a BC Ritz, like a, a Warbird or Ironbird or whatever they're called. Like a, <laughs> a, a, a metal shredding guitar. Yeah, it's a crazy looking shredder, you know, guitar with, you know, horns and things sticking out of it. It's, it's badass, dude. But I, <laughs> right on. I, I, I play, I play every one of them. I, I just, I'm super lucky that, that he hooked it up and that, and that he knows I have a studio. So he kind of endorses my, my like project studio. So mm -hmm. I, I just bust out guitars that people need some certain certain flavor, certain style, sound. Well, you know? well, that makes sense. I mean, if you do have studio, it is good to have all different sounds. Are they all yeah. double coils? Do you have any uh, guitars with single coils? Um, I do have a couple with single coils. I, I have like a like like a Strat style one, um, mm -hmm. which I I'm bad with like the model names, but yeah. he has more of a Strat vibe kind of one that that has a. The reason I was asking is because like on the Voodoo Glow Skulls, uh, like you're one of the bands where it actually works and a lot of bands, this doesn't work where the guitar player is, you know, doing the ups, but with a really heavily distorted sound, a lot of bands try to do that and it doesn't work, but with you, it works, you know? Oh, so man. I, Thank you, man. I totally appreciate that. I don't really, I, I know, I, I mean, I'm not going to, I don't pay attention so much to what people would think of that. I mean, I might get a comment thrown at me by somebody like ran, like randomly I might see something, but I, I make it a point not to live in, in like comment land or world because I'm 49 years old. There's no point. Why, <laughs> why would you want to live that way? Came, came, I mean, came on. Right. <laughs> you tell, you tell me came on. 
But it's cool because like when you do, do you do like if you have a clean sounding one, that's why I was asking if you had any guitars yeah. with single coil pickups. Like well, if you're just tanking with a clean sound, yeah, do you use that, the double. I, I, I actually, I, I purposely did the, the, the whole distorted crunchy tone to kind of get away from what I had heard, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Not that it was a bad thing, but I just wanted to find that fine line between like like metal and rock and stuff. The tones that I grew up playing on and trying to learn learn on, which are like more saturated, you know, like like overdrive and you know, like crunchy guitars. And uh, and I, I still love the clean tones, but I just made it a point to stay away from it when we did our recordings in our band. Once we developed our sound, which came kind of quick, you know, what I mean, uh, the first thing, I, the first like the I guess my first like definitive guitar tone would be on on who is this is, which would be a a studio light a Les Paul. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, with with a normal like 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 a stock humbucker, um, mm -hmm. going into a, a Fender M M eighty solid state amp, which is yeah. almost like almost like a almost like the sound of like a crappy distortion pedal in a way. But <laughs> I, I but I actually love that tone, especially when I was back you know like in ninety two. I love that sound, and that's what I gravitated towards. And I, I, I had a Marshall before that. As a matter of fact, I had a Marshall. You know what? Though I, I'm really happy to hear you say that because I find like you know there's this whole thing about uh, tube amps and they're fan and yes they are fantastic. But there is something to be said about some st solid state amps and in certain you know settings or times or whatever. But they for recording some solid state amps sound fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I. And I um... That's that's the thing. I I just gravitate. I mean, to what I like, and I I had I had owned a, a Marshall before that, like a little fifty watt head. Right, and, right. Um, and I I got I gravitated towards the the Fender M. I mean, the Fender M eighty. I think it's just because I grew up. Well, I mean, the sound the sound of eighties metal is I mean is Marshall stuff, I guess too. But for some reason, I mean, maybe because the Fender M eighty they did they made those toward uh, to gear towards like kids that wanted like the look of like because I had like I. I had the great carpeted one that looked like it was road ready. Like <laughs> right, really, right. Yeah, man. I know that, exactly that, that what you one, mean. <laughs> I, love, I love that thing so much at that time. I thought it was the shit playing that thing. And I don't care if you had, if you were in, in, in like Metallica and had a rack of, of whatever, that like, like the mess of boogie shit. I just love like the little great carpeted Fender. Like I, I bought it brand new and the tone of it was cool and it was my shit. And I was probably naive and young and dumb, you know, but I, that's how we developed our sound. You know, it was like, I wanted to play that all the ska stuff with a little bit more crunch, but try to control it with the palm of your hand, you know, exactly. Yeah. Instead, instead of letting it fly with, with too much of, of, of gain, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I probably played, I think I probably played with too much gain on actually on that, on that record, that would be the most gainy tone I think I've used. Um, it's, you know, that, cause that, I mean, cause that, I mean, cause that was our first album and I definitely wasn't paying attention to the, right, right. To the engineer well, process as well, right? Yeah, and I wasn't paying attention as much as I would now since I be, you know, became an engineer like throughout life and learn more and, and like pay attention now. Um, then it was like you do what you want. I was young and I was like, I think that sounds like my guitar. Sounds like my guitar to me, you know. But but in hindsight, you know, there's probably like a lot of reverb on that recording and stuff that I would probably do differently now. But hey, it's a moment, and we, we exactly. sold. I mean, we, we, we sold a lot for a, for a little band playing, playing out here and we, it manages to take us actually to this point, you know, which is cool, you know, I, but yeah, I, I wanted to basically do what the specials and, and, and Fishbone were, you know, I mean, we're like doing and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, but you know, I wanted it to, 
like I know I know you're not supposed to mix like like the whole Scott thing was like you know I was like you put chocolate in my peanut butter no you put peanut butter in my chocolate you know I always thought about it that way and, and, and I get it you know you want to wear your little suit and your little skinhead and your little boots and go do your thing I get it I loved a lot of that stuff but yeah we just wanted to play it all I guess and some people don't like that and we want I in a way I was like dude I just want to crunch it up and play head play play heavy but can I just do little upstrokes here and there and make the vibe of ska with some horns? Cause that's what I wanted to do, you know? So and it makes total sense. I mean, to me, you know, and, uh, and it's not like it was reinventing the wheel. I mean, maybe at the time it was like, Oh, let's just crank it up a little more to me. That's all right. it was. It's like, Oh, let's crank it up a little bit more because I still really love Iron Maiden and I love, love the tones on these records of the fishbone and, you know, uh, you know, all these guys that were like, to me doing like a whole mixture of music. That was cool. All what's the, really cool about elements. it though what's really cool about what you said though is, is like having that overly distorted sound which i know it's really hard to control when you're playing little short breaks all the time and you're talking about palm meat muting it but your technique of being able to do that well is really good because you're going super fast and it's like, like you're saying the gain is to the max on that album right just to have yeah. it you know yeah man. Clean, I mean, and tight like that is pretty cool man yeah i mean it's just something that that people gravitate toward, I mean, towards their own style, I, I think, and what you think you should sound like. You know, mm. I think, I think that's everybody's, I mean, is, isn't that what the most people doing their own band is? Is like you, your interpretation of like music and your, what you think that music should sound like and your a style should sound like. If you're a trad, Absolutely. like if you're in the trad ska world, you're probably trying to convey like what you think trad ska should sound like to people, right? Well, that's what I think ska punk or ska hardcore punk metal should sound like. Or whatever you call it. I mean, we can't even pinpoint a, a title on the band, if you ask me. That's why we... Uh, <laughs> That's what know, I was getting at, yeah. I mean, we always kind of... We, you know, we, we've been left out of stuff. You know, we're not quite punk enough for the punkers that do this or just punk enough for the punk rockers that do this. Too but reggae we, for punk, right? Yeah, or to this for that. Or, you know, <laughs> or like, oh, yeah, like, none, none of the metalheads really fuck with you unless they're, like, really open-minded. Then, then, then metalheads will fuck with you because, oh, <laughs> they play a little head... The, I, I just don't like metal. I like some ska. I like punk and dance music or pop music too. See, so all this shit, you can't really satisfy everybody. So like, that's just our interpretation of what shit should sound like. Maybe it's just, of course, our own thing. Maybe people think we got it from somebody else. I don't know. We obviously got ideas from someone. Some, from those. We took ideas from what we love for sure. That's how you do it. You know, if you ask me. Yeah, man. And then, and, then some, and then your brain concocts whatever you, you and spits it out however you see your your thing you know and um, exactly but, but uh, i mean it worked it worked you, this you made your sound man and it's here to stay <laughs> it's oh, always going to be here you know thanks man that. yeah yeah and to get back to that too man not to be like to harp too much back on it but that first tour was that was i mean i mean imagine doing it for so long and you're like man okay. i don't know if we're going to do it anymore like this is probably the lead, lead singer don't want to do it with us anymore uh well and then we just fell into that that whole tour that naturally fell natural again. Like, oh, we have a band. We, we have I'm a band. so happy. I'm so happy to have been there for that moment. Oh yeah, absolutely, and, man. And and I wasn't talking in vain when I told you multiple times, hey, you guys need to come to the U.S. with us and do some shit. But but that was still, and even up until this point, we're only a couple years away from when we saw you guys, and that was really like we 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 really haven't had a chance to do even do a tour, a proper tour. In the states, we've only done support things for bigger bands because we're still testing what we're still testing waters on. Like, well, now we lost a whole year, all, all of us did, so we don't know what what's going to happen. But 
when the world get, gets back to normal, we're still testing waters with like, I mean, I know we could do our thing, but like, we're going to put out a record and like be basically a new thing and to a lot of people. And I know That's we it. lost some people. We lost people. We gained people for sure. That's mm. life. But um, I can't, I can't wait to hear it. Now, listen, I'm almost, I, I have one hour of recording time okay, on this. So we're almost to the end. So first of all, it's amazing to see dog. your face. And when I'm, ah, I love your dog. I, I, I like all his pictures. <laughs> Can you tell our people three albums that they should absolutely listen to once in their life and one guilty pleasure? Do you have that for me to close out here? Three albums they should listen to in their life and one guilty pleasure. Man, that's so good. Um, <laughs> I'll be judged by this forever, but I don't I shit. love it. Uh, Fishbone, uh, Truth and Soul. Yeah, man. Um, Iron Maiden, uh, Number of the Beast. Oh, man, there's so much more. <laughs> I know it's hard to pick three, right? <laughs> oh, man, I... I the first specials record. That's fair. I mean, that's fucking I mean, great one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, those are all. No, no, I fully stand by those. There's just so many mm -hmm. to choose. But yeah, li listen to that shit. Yeah. yeah, man. Now you're driving alone on the car. No one is around to judge you, and you, something comes on the radio, and you're jamming to it. What is it? As far as music goes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, dude. So I got to think of this stuff that I, I should be embarrassed about. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though I nothing's be? embarrassing because everything we should no, love, there, you know? <laughs> no, there's a lot of no, there's a lot of shit that people I know I'd be judged by. But I want I want people to really make fun of me though. That's it, right? <laughs> go all in. But, like, but I want to go all in. But like, I, I don't know. I could be made fun of very easy. But I don't really like. There's no. There's nothing that extreme. Like, there's no like Katy Perry pop stuff or nothing. Not not to even make fun of that. It's just not my lane. I like oh whatever. But I don't even. <laughs> there's no point in making fun of that to me i think i kind of respect all the big pop shit um what uh wow you know what the guilty pleasure is like okay the strokes the strokes there you go right on yeah. I, I don't give a shit yeah that, that I, I love i love the guitar playing and most and it's rock most and roll about that yeah and it's rock and roll to me it's still rock and roll to me bro no, <laughs> That's it, brother. but uh <laughs> hey hey dude uh thanks so much man i'm stoked to see you and uh no, I mean, nobody really asked to do, I, I don't really get asked to do this stuff that much. That's why at first I was a little bit reluctant because I was like, ah. <laughs> but uh, I've done a lot of press stuff though. So I'm, I'm used to that. But Man, uh, I'm just happy to sit down and see your face. And when all this is over, I know like uh, when the pandemic hit, we just did our two first American shows and then pandemic hit and we had to no, go home. So we were just about to fucking get out no, there. Man, I, I Covert fully, was doing, doing no, the booking we, and everything. If we can make something happen for you, I mean, I think, I, I believe, don't hold me to it, but I believe we're supposed to be on the same record label. Uh, coming I, up I heard a rumor to that. I, yeah. I heard a rumor yeah, all so, about that. <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of waiting. We're just kind of waiting for like the like the like the paperwork and like the logistics that are out of my hands right now. But we're like really close to like going. Hey, this still. I mean, we're we're pretty much mixing a record and kind of have a guy working on the artwork right now. So we're like at that level. We're like guys working on the art. We're sitting on mixes that aren't done, but read, but pretty much ready to be mixed. And mm -hmm. we just. And because of COVID hit, we we had a uh, we have to wait to finish one song because we don't want to be around 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 each other. But once we yeah. record this one this one vocal song, which will take a day or two, we're pretty much gonna kind of like turn in a record. We're, we're that close. So, well, then we know it. The day will come. We're gonna tear down this wall and we're gonna get on the road. I love fuck it. Yeah, brother, dude, I'm so stoked uh, to see you. Thank thank you so much. And uh, tell tell the dudes I say what's up. Tabernak. Absolutely. 
That's it. That no bananas. Not. No bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, brother. Peace. Thanks, bro. Boom! 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 Kim and don't know shit. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I might not know shit, but I know enough. You might call me dumb, but I have a lot of fun. I might not know shit, but I know enough. I have a lot of fun. Am I not?